You are listening to The Recovered Therapist, brought to you by FreshOutOfPlans.com. I'm Jeannie Griffin, and I'll be your host. Instead of focusing on labels, diagnoses, and psychobabble, we keep things honest, simple, and hopeful so that you can grow personally and spiritually. Thank you for joining me. Do you have a hard time staying in the present? Well, you're not alone. There's something about the human being that seems to like to dredge up the past, good, bad, or indifferent, and try to refashion history uh, or kind of color memories the way we want them to be instead of maybe the way they were. And then we like to refashion or fashion, I guess, uh, history uh, probably a little bit less than we want to predict the future and set out to give everybody a script so that the future will unfold the way we want it to. And we know intellectually that the only thing we have is right here in front of us in the present. But it's still so hard for us to stay here. If you haven't looked at some of the photos from the James Webb telescope, please Google it and look at it. It really puts into perspective just how important we think we are. Uh, This teensy-weensy speck in the middle of this massive, massive, pulsating, moving, just incredible star formations that we're beginning to see and seeing through some of the gases and the, the vapors that have, have blinded us to a lot of what's going on in space. Creation just expands. It, it's evolving always. It's current. It keeps reaching and growing. And it's so vibrant and alive and in the now. That's what's natural. And yet, we just hang on to the permanence, which is kind of ludicrous. There's no such thing as permanence. But boy, we want it to be that way. So um, I just saw some more star formations that the Webb telescope put out this last few days. And I'm just struck by how that's all going on and it's so current and so present. It reminds me of something I read a long time ago in um, a book by Matthew Fox called The Coming of the Cosmic Christ. And he reported about Rusty Schweikert, an astronaut that flew in an Apollo mission in 1969. Uh, He was let out of the capsule to do something rather on kind of a tether or an umbilical cord to the space capsule. But as he was let out, there was something that occurred, a problem that occurred inside this capsule. So everybody had to focus on that, the other astronauts and mission control. So he was left kind of floating around on a tether in space while they focused on everything else. And he had two epiphanies. Uh, He was out there observing what he could in total and complete silence. Silence. And he turned around and he was able to see the earth. 
and he was he he recalls one of his epiphanies was he was so overwhelmed with what he described as kind of a maternal love for the planet earth he realized everything that he knew everything he loved was on this little rock all the history all the music all the people everything he knew was on this thing and he wanted to hug it and just embrace it and a second epiphany he had was more of a political one and he saw the rivers flowing and it, it made no difference whether it was between this country and that country it mother earth didn't distinguish a river just ran and whether it was near this border or that border and when he got back to earth nobody examined him and talked with him about having any kind of spiritual experience you know they checked him out head to toe physically but nothing spiritually and he was a completely changed man filled with compassion and I, I keep remembering that what would it be like to be so immersed in the present that you're just out there in space out there in time there is no time it's all current so if you're like I am, I, I want to stay in the present all the time. But, you know, I think, okay, what are we going to do here? What should I eat there? Where do I need to go tomorrow? Uh, and we live by this silly thing called a calendar instead of, like our ancestors, getting up when the sun comes up and going to bed when it goes down. So how do I stay in the present as much as possible today. Probably the most primary task that I use is when I'm been at the computer too long or when I'm worried or anxious about something, I get up right then and there and I go outside. I know you've heard me say this a thousand times, but two things that, that are so good for us that I resist and then I finally do it and it's it's um, very valuable one is to just immerse yourself in nature and secondly put something down on a piece of paper write um, it's amazing what is allowed to unfold on a piece of paper and nothing gets me more in the present than right there in nature. I have developed some relationships with these wonderful squirrels that are nearby. And um, they, one of them has gotten kind of territorial and demands that I come out and feed it. But I just, they live in the present. They're not, worries me because they're not worried about whether the traffic on the street's gonna kill them or not, and I am. Um, then I have to ask myself, wait a minute, whose feelings are you feeling, Jeannie? Are you feeling yours or are you feeling the squirrel's feelings? Then I know I'm really on, in trouble. But if I go out and I sit in nature, or if I just simply take a walk, if I break that monotony and that irrational belief that there is such a thing called time and space. Now, you know, I know that we need to 
do things according to a particular timetable because that's how our culture works these days. But man, when you can get away from the timetable, get away from it. Do something physical, walk in nature, run in nature, dig in nature, plant something, trim something, um, sit and talk to a rock. These ancestors, these ancient ones called stones and rocks have been here so much longer than anything or anybody that Mother Earth holds a lot of wisdom and sit and sit on a stone and ask it to tell you what it knows. You'd be amazed at what you somehow mm, discover in your thinking. Another thing that I do is I, I identify what is it that I'm thinking? What is the the anxiety? What is the negativity? And 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 who is this talking and how old is this? Is it me? A decision I made when I was seven years old and I'm still operating out of it? Is it somebody else, a teacher's voice, a parent's voice, a friend's voice that is negative? When you identify it, don't analyze it. Just ask, you know, I don't know, maybe ask your spirit guides, reveal to me what you'd have me know about this situation. Or I invite in ancestors to help me see the true nature of this person or this situation. And then kind of walk away from it. Don't sit there and demand on at that moment or on the spot to know, but just kind of walk away and leave it alone. And believe me, insight will come. Somehow the, the, not, the dots will connect. Somehow you get an aha when you're least expecting it. So... I guess, and then the final way is kind of how I I started. I get in touch with things that are bigger than I am. And nothing does that better than looking at the photos from the Hubble and from the James Webb Telescope. Then I see exactly where I am in the grand scheme of things. And uh, I get right-sized. I hope this helps. Thank you for listening to The Recovered Therapist, where we keep topics honest, simple, and hopeful. I love you. There's not a damn thing you can do about it. Until next time.